Genre. I'm Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. Bueller? 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 Welcome back, everybody, to Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And unfortunately, we had, we lost, we lost Scott. We lost Scott! We don't Great know where, Scott! We don't know uh, where he is. No, uh, unfortunately, we had like a weird connectivity issue and then my computer crashed. Te- technical last difficulties? Night. Yeah. So we had some pretty, we had some, we had some technical difficulties and, and we lost Scott. And so unfortunately, we had to let him go for the last couple days of the week. But, uh, Victoria and I are here to wrap it up. We had to set him free. We had to set him free. He has so many other shows he needs to be running anyway. We didn't want to take up too much of his time. Right. Right. We can't keep him five days out of his week when he's got two, he's got multiple minute shows and the doctor's companion and geek by night and all that stuff to do so much to do. So we're going to, we're going to finish this up. Victoria, I was saying this off mic. This is the first time we've recorded alone since the first week of the show. That's crazy. That is crazy. I didn't even realize. Yeah. We've had guests on since week two. Which, uh, it took us so long to get guests for Harry Potter. We were like a month in before we had our guests, I think. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it does, it does seem like it. We were at the Hut on the Rock. That might have been like the 15 minute mark, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, wow, that feels like so long ago now, too. <laughs> we should be reminiscing. Today we're here to talk about minute number 19. Minute 19 starts with Sloane looking like she's about to fall asleep, and it ends with a comforting hug. So yesterday we talked a bit about uh, Del Close, their teacher. He goes on with his weird uh, monologue, the, the, the instruction that he's doing. And he was talking about, uh, he says, in what way does the author's use of the prison? And then he like imprisoned the word prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah with a, with I box. like that gag. I think that's like a silly thing. He's like, I'm saying the word prison, so let me draw a prison. Symbolize... <laughs> the protagonist's struggle and how does this relate to our discussion of the uses of irony <laughs> he like lifts the thing in the air like he makes a point i i like him talking with the chalk it's uh it's very effective he's very like he's pointed with it the symbolize mm-hmm. of course in the middle of that we cut to uh the nurse coming down the hallway and that she has her own music too. score which I like. Uh, How many people in this movie actually can say that? Have like a music cue? Yeah. Uh, I think Ferris has a couple of cues. Cameron's changes over the course of the movie. Um, but they don't have like a specific cue. It's like, here's a cue. The way that 
Ira Newborn's score is done. It's not like a like a bed of music. Did I talk about this this week already? It's not like a bed of music under everything. It's just like, here's a cue for this particular moment that's happening. And so we got like a music cue for Cameron in bed and a music cue for Ferris in bed. And we got a music cue for, uh, I think, Rooney on the phone, maybe. The first time we saw Rooney, did we hear any music? I don't remember. This might be the first next thing. Uh, so she gets a music cue and she's coming down the hallway because she's got important news to deliver. It's this very uh, big, like, brassy sort of number. I like it a lot. <laughs> you can even hear, like, her... The pants that she's wearing. Like, you can they're hear like the fabric, like, swishing. swishing together. The whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I like it. Foley work is great in this movie, you guys. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, so we get to see the nurse for the first time. Um, the nurse is played by Virginia Capers. And she's done a ton of TV stuff. But, uh, Victoria, I think you might recognize her from something. Yeah, like, uh, she was, she was uh, Uncle Phil's mom in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was! Uh, her, her name was Hattie Banks on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I don't think I saw any episodes of Fresh Prince that she was on. Um, the only one that comes to mind is a Thanksgiving episode. Hmm. Because, uh, Uncle Phil being very, like, reminiscent of wanting his mom's cooking. Okay, that so makes sense. Thanks- right, makes sense. Like, Thanksgiving, it... With family, yeah. he wants his mom's cooking, of course. I think she's making pie or something or Did other, I don't know. recognize, like, uh, I had to go look her up. And then I was like, oh, she is this person. But I don't think I've seen those episodes. But, like, when I, uh, when I bring it up, or, like, when you, when you looked her up, did you, like, realize it was her right away? Like, did you remember that she was in this character? Like, have you, had you made that, that connection before? When I had rewatched this movie when we were about to do this, and I watched it and I saw her, I, re- I definitely recognized her. She has one of those faces in which I'm all like, you've probably done lots of stuff, yeah. and I know I've probably seen you from something from before. You tend to be that person that like sees someone and is like, I know I know you from something. Like, you're something. Like, you're, you're someone. You're someone to me that I know, that I'm, I'm going to make some connection, and it's always, like, some weird connection. I think the weirdest connection that I've ever done with anything was I was watching some random uh, show, and there was this guy, and it ended up being the guy who played Tim Allen's brother in Home Improvement. Okay. Who's probably showed up in, like, very few episodes, but for whatever reason recognized him. Like, I'm very weird that way. So I recognized her- yeah, the Rolodex. So I definitely recognized her as a face that I've seen before, but didn't make the connection right away okay. that it was Uncle Phil's mom until actually looking her up and being like, oh, like, yes. Oh, like, yeah. as soon as I pictured Uncle Phil's mom in my head from that episode that I remember, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally her. Yeah, absolutely. I like her. I think uh, she does it. She only has this one scene yeah. in this uh, in this movie. It's just this minute. We will never see her again. Uh, we don't even find out her name until tomorrow. But... She's so sweet. She 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 genuinely feels for Sloane as she delivers uh, the news she has for Sloane. Um, so the the nurse comes into the classroom, and when the door opens, it it Sloane like closes her notebook, and then she starts to, like put her jacket on. And it's very it's a, suspicious. It's a dumb move on her part. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. She puts the jacket on, and then uh, when the nurse calls her name she goes me like with her yeah, hand on her chest so she even bad. like she even like looks at the girl next to her she's putting her jacket on and the and the nurse comes in the room and she like looks at the person sitting next to her like oh they're here for me 
Yeah. In the script, she looks at the girl next to her and she goes, dead grandmother. Like, she's not supposed to know that. Like, I know she she does know that because she's in on the thing with Ferris. Yes. But the perception you're supposed to be giving out for this to work, to me, if I was her, uh-huh. is that no one else knows that I know that. This is supposed to be a surprise. This is not a planned death. You know, this is supposed to be shocking. I'm not supposed to know well, I'm supposed to be taking well, out maybe class. it's uh, like her, her, maybe her grandmother's been going for a long time and like she's been sick. And so they've just been like waiting for this day. Like, oh, she's finally passed and she's out of, she's at rest. I don't think anyone's thinking that way. No, no, I don't think so either. So to me, I'm all like, you are being really quick to, on the, mm-hmm. like really quick. To, to do that, yeah. I go, if you want to be more believable, wait until they actually mm-hmm. call you and then get your stuff. And then stuff. start getting your stuff. Because realistically, that's what would happen. Sure. Because you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't and she doesn't, I don't think she takes everything with her out into the hallway either. It doesn't look like she has all her stuff. Well, actually, no, she must because then she just leaves with the same amount of stuff she's carrying. She doesn't have anything really with her when she gets in the car with Ferris in a few, in a couple weeks. We'll have to keep an eye out for that, I suppose. Um... I do like in the script, in the script that she says dead grandmother, because, you know, we'll hear Rooney say it tomorrow. Yeah. But in the script, she goes and looks, she looks at the girl next to her and she goes, dead grandmother. And then they go out into the hallway and the nurse goes, dead grandmother. And he like gives her a hug. And then Rooney goes, dead grandmother. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And so it's a nice set of transitions. He gets it. It's fun for the script, but I understand why they don't do that here. It doesn't make sense for the nurse to go dead grandmother. Right. That's, that's a little insensitive. It is. It's a little... Just can, dead, can, dead I, grandmother. can I talk to you for a minute, dear? Dead grandmother. Dead grandmother. It's like, what? I think you'd be fired. <laughs> like, uh, your bedside manner needs to be worked on. Oh, Florence Sparrow, what are you doing? And I think that's ridiculous. That her name <laughs> Florence is Florence Sparrow. Sparrow. I was like, okay, Florence Nightingale. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, she's the, the, the she's, mother she's of the, modern nursing. She's the lesser known <laughs> Florence Sparrow. Florence Florence Sparrow. Uh, it's a lesser bird. She was she was she was named by her parents and just destined to be a nurse. Right. Oh, I guess. Poor Florence Sparrow. Florence Sparrow. Um, since we didn't talk about her yesterday, let's talk a little bit about Mia Sarah. Okay. Uh, Mia Sarah, her her real name, her given name is Mia Sarah Pociello. And she was known for being in Legend and Time Cop along with this movie. God, I haven't seen Time Cop in forever. I don't think I've ever seen Time Cop. I think I've seen Time Cop like once, like when I was. I don't much, think I've seen Legend younger. either. I that doesn't sound. I don't, I don't recognize mm. that. Uh, and then she was in this awful DC show called Birds of Prey. Yes, it was awful. She was Harley Quinn, and I watched like which does not work. I watched to me a at YouTube all. video that was just like a three minute cut that someone had put together of just like scenes that she's in as Harley Quinn, and in one of them she licks Huntress's face. Ew! And I was like, you're scary. And in that, like, one moment, I was like, I could see why you might... I mean, no one in that movie was... Or in that show was great, so... No. Oh, Mia Sarah. She's gorgeous in this movie. She has, like, like an ele- We said it with uh, with Neil. She's got kind of an, el- an elegance about her um, that I really like. I had such a crush on her as a kid growing up. I mean, I knew that this movie was, you know, older than I am by a good... That's, five years or so that that's the that's the weird thing about watching things old movies and old being like you're so cute you're i think you're so attractive that i'm just like wait but you're now probably like you know twice my age. because when i was like maybe 
10, 11, 12 years old, uh-huh. my huge crush was William Shatner in oh my 1960s goodness. Star Trek. Yeah. And Which of is course, funny because 1960s Star Trek had already been like over for a while. Oh, yeah. But this was my first introduction uh-huh. to it being this age and watching it for the first and time. And so the age difference is super weird. It's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ricky thinks it's the funniest thing <laughs> because I've almost met William Shatner at comic con and ricky's like oh yeah let me tell you about like how much you have the hots for him and i'm like you do not need to do that because that's weird i go he's got to be like as old enough to be my grandfather and oh like, this is weird that's so I'm silly like, i know i mean but like you that's know, how guys works, like that they date younger girls it doesn't matter you might yeah. have a chance oh god no <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm sorry william shatner didn't uh, hold up no <laughs> patrick stewart on the other hand oh man Patrick Stewart, he is, uh, he's, he's sharp. I like him oh, a lot. Oh, man, I love that guy. <sighs> okay, so, but she doesn't say dead grandmother. No, dead grandmother. She, she's, a li- she's a little more care- caring than that. She brings, uh, she brings Sloane out into the hallway, and she says, uh, I'm afraid I'm the, I'm, I, I'm the bearer of bad tidings. Tidings. Your father called. Your grandmother has just passed. And then we get, like, the reaction shot. I talked about it in one of our promo episodes. We get this reaction shot from Sloane, from Yasera, that I that I don't like. Where she's like, oh, no. And, like, it looks so... It's, it's a teenager trying to pretend to be upset about something that they know is not a real thing. Yeah. And so, like, I understand why it's not this actual, like, heartfelt, emotional moment right but it feels so fake to me and it drives me crazy i feel that it should be a little bit more believable not because for movie sakes but because again if you're her trying maybe to convince she, maybe this she's person not that good of an a- like maybe sloan peterson the character is not yeah. that good of an actress maybe they're trying to bank on that for comedy's sake like look how terrible of an actor she is uh-huh. and she falls for it anyway and this stupid and, and nurse Florence falls wraps for it her anyway. arms around her and gives her this hug She's like, oh, sweetie. Right, sweetie? Is that what she calls her? Honey. She calls her, oh, honey. honey. Oh. And she, like, rubs her head. She's very tender. Dead. <laughs> Grandmother. Like, <laughs> like, really? That that eyebrow. That's tomorrow. Save it. I love Rooney. I do, too. We'll he's, get back to him. He's so great. No, it ends with the hug here. Oh, tender. Uh, I have an issue that I just thought about. Oh, the nurse says, your father called. Your grandmother has just passed. So Mr. Peterson called the school and told who? Told Grace? Hey, Sloane's grandmother died. Uh, can you please excuse her from school? Well, you, you have already pointed out the fact that Rooney is the dean of students and is not the principal. Yes. And Grace is the is his secretary. Yes. So it, and he's in charge of attendance. Mm-hmm. So it would be led to believe that when the the father called it would have gone to the principal or vice principal or uh-huh. their secretary. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Or usually there's like a, a special office person. I figure like that because answers. he's the dean of students and uh, she needs to be excused from school that you would call the dean of students 
And so Grace is the secretary. She's the one who picks up the call. She had this conversation because she says, I sent Florence Sparrow. This is tomorrow. Sorry, guys. To notify Sloan. Mm -hmm. um, which implies that she spoke to Mr. Peterson. Okay. That but Grace did. tomorrow, or the next, yeah, tomorrow, Mr. Peterson's going to call the school again. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, why does he have him call... Twice. Twice. To talk to... Because the first time he didn't talk to Rooney directly. And something about Ferris's plan... Ferris's plan requires him to talk to Rooney directly. Because Ro he knows that Rooney's going to see that it's a ploy. He and in order to defuse that, he's got to call himself. It's like, it's like he's trying to... Like, you think I'm doing this. I'm doing the voice for the father. Uh -huh. But I'm going to make Cameron call and be the father so that I can call at the same time so you know that it's not me. Yes. And then it makes and then this it... call more believable uh -huh. as the father. And then and then it you believe that Sloan actually yeah. is going out because her grandmother died. Yeah. It's so a... his plan actually re requires... It's very clever there to be two calls at the same time yes so he had but he didn't need to call in to the school twice i think what happens is he called the first time and slow and, and and grace is like oh yeah it'll be fine and got off the phone yeah and then ferris was like Crap. no you need to you need to talk to rooney for this to work you need to call back and it's also lucky that he does when he does because otherwise she was going to get mr peterson's real daytime number yeah complicated We'll talk more about it next week. Uh, we get actually the majority of that phone call. Spoilers, guys, for next week. Um, but that was everything I have for today. How do you feel? Oh, no. I think I've said everything I needed to say. Me too. I love this movie. <laughs> that was that was the last thing I needed to say. Apparently okay. that's the thing that I've been saying more than I realized I was saying. Now I'm just going to make a point to say it all the time. Because I love this movie, you guys. It's my favorite. It is very apparent. Join us tomorrow to talk about my favorite movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Donkey Shane. <laughs>